0: Do you have a message for anyone watching or listening to this?
1: Yes. We need to choose the tools we use, not because somebody else uses them, not because they are the most common, but because it's the best for us.
0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to Beam Voice. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to Eugenio Fontan, who is going to talk about Open Beam and technology. Hello, Eugenio. Happy to talk to you.
1: Hi. Hi, Petru. Very happy to talk to you as well.
0: Cool. Tell us few words about yourself. Let's start with that.
1: Okay, good. So, um, well, I'm an architect myself. I work um, as an architect uh, for many years uh, outside my, especially outside my hometown, which is Madrid in Spain. I'm actually now currently living in Hong Kong. It's where I've been living for a bit more than 10 years. I practice as an architect uh, here in Southeast Asia and uh, Middle East and also for a while in Europe, in, in UK actually. And well, as you and, and I think uh, everyone probably watching this uh, is, these recordings, um, these interviews, I'm, I'm really, I've been always um, very passionate and, and, but also I will say concerned with, uh, with the process of how we develop projects. So I think that's how I, I, I got kind of engaged with, um, with BIM technology and, and very focused on it and yeah, trying to understand it, trying to implement it. Trying to bring bring it forward as much as I could in every project I was involved, and yeah, currently, um, um, well, as as we were discussing before, I I'm working in one firm, an architecture firm called Enzyme, that I started in Hong Kong uh, around eight years, eight years ago. Actually, um, I I was um, working for a while. I decided to take a let's say a bit of a time outside my own company, outside Enzyme, because. Throughout the work I've been doing at Enzyme, since we started the company, we were very involved with the use of BIM. So we were, not only, we were not only doing projects of, of architecture and um, master planning, interior, or whatever. We were also implementing BIM in other companies. Implementing the sense of trying to to implement a workflow that was focused on, on architects, right? In try to make the world more efficient by using BIM, but not only, you know, learn it and Just don't get stuck with it, but trying to really, really make the work uh, faster, smoother, more precise, connect with other technologies like uh, computational design, real time renderings, things like that. And throughout that process, I ended up actually working for a a BIM software vendor, which is Graphisoft. So I was working for a couple of years because, you know, we were uh, at some point, we become kind of uh, champions used to call because we were always using ArchiCAD. That was our beam solution of, of choice. So, you know, we were collaborating very closely at some point. I helped them to promote from the, you know, the technical point of view, the use of their beam solutions in East Asia. So, yeah, that was uh, my last experience for a while. And now I just came back to work with my own company for, you know, for good. Trying to practice more as an architect, which is something that I haven't done in the last two years. It's something that I really, really missed. So, yeah, and that's, that's I think, a bit uh, where I find myself now.
0: That's cool. Uh, you said something that helped you, helped companies implementing a BIM strategy. Are you talking about only other architectural companies or were there any other kind of companies?
1: There were also, um, for example, construction companies. We work with a big construction company in Japan that they also do uh, design and build. Which is actually, I think, the business that they would really like to have, you know, where they evolve from through the whole process. But they're they are basically a construction company that they're actually 400 years of, of history. So it's a really, I mean, it's been really an incredible honor to collaborate with them because it's its amazing the work they do from restoration of really old temples in Japan to stadiums and, and really incredible projects. So the, the implementation was always focused, we will try always to focus on the design, the design perspective. Meaning that, you know, probably you, you're aware, but it feels like still in our industry, design and BIM, you know, designers and and, and BIM capable people are still feel like things that are separate, you know, uh, things that are not uh, going hand to hand and even feels like uh, we are different people. So what we always wanted to, to demonstrate, we wanted to prove and promote, and it also in this implementation is that we don't believe that's the way it should be. We believe that BIM should and it can really help the designer can really help the design it can really boost the whole process if it's really implemented from the beginning so that's why even if it was a construction company we we were engaged because they said we have like many many teams right we have a strong beams uh, let's say system in place after the design is done but basically after the design is done we need to redo everything we need to rebuild everything. We need to rethink everything. We need to bring everyone, and it simply doesn't make sense to repeat the whole thing. And that's where we we came into place, and and where we start working. And it's actually what has been our let's say our, our flag for a long time. Not only within uh, all the technologies I said, but but it's always to say, look, good design and great design and great you know freedom of of design and the capabilities of a designer, they are not confronting with the idea of using technologies like this. It's something that I think we still get wrong. So yeah.
0: So you are saying that actually you touched upon that issue that the designer, the, the designers are doing something that the contractors actually are not using, right? And they need to redesign everything. Did I understand this correctly?
1: Yes, th- that is partially what I what I see happening. What I also see happening is that already in, inside architecture firms, okay even internally there before, way before going in, into construction or when the contractors are involved, it already happens that, you know, the early stage of design are basically, uh, I wouldn't say completely wasted, but everything that is designed, then it needs to be rebuilt the moment you want to implement that technology like BIM, which for me is, is what is the big biggest paradox is if this technology is supposed to help you, why do you need to do things twice? It's, it's something that I think we, we still get wrong and and that's been always, you know, a bit, I think, my my obsession, really, to understand it's a good technology. Of course, there are tools that are better for certain uh, stages or certain, let's say, uh, professionals. But um, in my case, I believe that it has made me more competitive and more flexible, being able to use beam in the right way from, from the early stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the main challenge here putting everyone together in the same room and plan in a way that they can work together and actually communicate and not just design in their own silos or work in their silos right and I think this is an important challenge because otherwise you cannot do you cannot use BIM if you're just working without asking other parties about uh, yeah what they're doing. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to see changes here and uh, yeah, on the project I work and uh, around me in Norway like this, people have started to realize the importance of this, that the client and the contractor needs to be involved earlier on. So we have actually, we end up with models that can be used to build after and later on uh, for later stages for uh, yeah as built and maintenance and operation. Yeah, interesting. Are you one-man show or do you have any employees?
1: No, yeah, we are.
0: Uh, we are actually. Uh, I would say what well, depends how you, how you
1: compare us. We are a, a small, medium-sized team. Actually, I mean, I can also share with you some. Uh, let me just, if I can share my screen, just just to show the landscape of our of website. Can you see my screen right now? Yes, I can see it. Okay, um, our our website, and as you can see, we have design studio and digital solutions. <laughs> so I think in this sense, you know. Maybe it's, it's more relevant apart from what we do as designers, how we do as digital implementators. As I was saying, you were talking about the size of our team. I mean, I, I think we're a small company, but we are spread in different locations. Okay. We have a team of around 10 people in Hong Kong. We have three, we have a small office in Singapore, and then we have a few freelance in Middle East and Europe. I think in between all together, you know, we are we are around less than twenty. I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, the numbers by heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, but it's fine. It's it's actually much bigger, uh, larger than I thought because I thought you were alone. But yeah, so so you have at least ten people in only in Singapore. Do you have uh, like a common shared office or uh, everyone is working remote?
1: No, in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, uh, everyone is working, I mean, everyone is working from the office or remotely. That's more like a choice. Okay, so that says we are quite flexible. Then, of course, in in Singapore, we don't have an office. So everyone is working from home or a co-working space, uh, since, again, we don't have an office there. And then everyone else working from Europe and Middle East, they are working from home. That's that's currently the arrangement, but but it works it works quite well. I mean, it, it works well because at the end of the day, I don't know. I think also as you know, right, you know, COVID was really how do you say pushing everyone to be more flexible. So in that sense, for us was not was not a big switch because we were always we always had to to keep it very flexible and we were small at the beginning, so it went quite natural. And now this is I think the situation of many companies.
0: Mm -hmm. that's cool that sounds like a company somebody would like to work in like when they are a director and founder it's embracing the new way of working in these times so yeah that's cool you did not touch something browsing your LinkedIn profile I see that you also worked for Ziggurat you had some courses you held some courses at Ziggurat as well what can you tell me about that
1: yeah, so that was, um, we were teaching uh, me and my a friend, my, let's say, uh, the other founder of Ensign. We were approached by Sigurat to work on the Beam, the Beam Master that we have. We did editions 2019, 20, and I think 21, I was not involved anymore. I was only for two years in the English and Spanish version. We were basically teaching the main Beam solutions they were teaching was Revit, Archicad, Tecla, I think some others. And then they had, of course, a great deal in the in the open beam CD and other and other parts. So we were basically uh, teaching Archicad and also all the part that you know every let's say that every every tool uh, teacher should also uh, you know explain really well uh, the interoperability with others other beam tools, but also other technologies. So at some point we touch other connections like uh, as I would say you know computational design and render engines and
0: things like that. Yeah, that's cool. Is this a school that uh, are many people attending to it? I have no idea, no information about uh, this. I think it's quite uh, one of
1: the most important online being masters that are recognized internationally. I, I know that because, I mean, when I started, I don't know if it was, there was some, I mean, there was a lot of people. I mean, there are a lot of students, but I keep seeing more and more actually students that we had that are in, in very relevant positions. Even it happens to us that we will, I mean, me and and my colleague, George, we were, uh, we were approached by students that they were asking us if we wanted to work in their current company, which is very funny because they made it to big, big places. And it was like, wow, I mean, not really like incredible, like how people, people, some, some people really learn fast. That's, that's really, actually really inspiring. But yeah, I keep seeing also, I mean, Sigurados is not only really about BIM, but they're really touching a lot of disciplines uh, from the construction, about, you know, structural calculations, construction in timber. So yeah, I think they're
0: doing a lot of things. How are your workflows? What can you tell me about your workflows? Are closed workflows or uh, do you employ IFC to any degree? Well, in the in the case of OpenBIM, okay, first let me, let me share that in
1: this region, Southeast Asia, OpenBIM, it's uh, in a very, very early stage, okay? Uh, except exceptions, you know, Hong Kong, for example, the last years is promoting OpenBIM from the institutions very strongly. There are very good case studies. Actually, if you saw the uh, International um, Summit of uh, the Building Smart Awards of the last year, um, there were a few winners from, from Hong Kong, very impressive work. But I would say that Singapore uh, and some beautiful exceptions Open being in, in Asia it doesn't really, I wouldn't say it doesn't exist, but a lot of people still, I mean, a lot of our clients still when we talk about IFC, they're like, sorry, what are you talking about? You know. So I would say that we have been more than we I mean, we have been pushing, you know, trying to 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 implement to, to push it through as much as possible, sometimes not with a lot of lack. Because unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately for me, I think it's a it's a sad situation. Still, a lot of people understand what is Revit. Yeah. Uh, and they think that's it. And for me, that's a big, um, I think that's a big drama for our industry because that's um, unfortunately making us stay behind in many aspects. You know, people don't understand the technology, don't understand the process and don't understand that it's not that I buy a software and that's it. It's way more than that. So we, we have been also always promoting it. We have actually in the, the website I didn't, I didn't show, uh, we have a blog that uh, we haven't, and I haven't written in a while. But this blog, of course, is about promoting our workflows which are with ARCHICAD, right? If you see the blog, I mean, from our website, it's always promoting the openness of technology. It's in this sense, open BIM is, is where you can really bring BIM to everywhere, you know, in, in your workflow. And you can really, let's say, I won't say, conquer or embrace all the technologies, right? Not just staying with one tool and, and, and think that you're done with that.
0: But if you are using ARCHICAD, if I understand this correctly, in your company, you are mostly use ArchiCAD or are you using Revit to use both of them? No,
1: internally, we only use
0: ArchiCAD. Okay. Then how do you collaborate with other companies then who are using Revit or other tools? What is the... Yeah, so we fight strongly
1: and I would say that we have been successful in our projects to say, okay. I mean, first you need to have the trust of the client, right? But there's a moment where you say, look, we don't work in Revit, simple as that. We don't produce those deliverables. We produce uh, open beam deliverables, which we can explain to you why it's IFC, how you can make the, you know, get all the advantages of it. We can also prove why our workflow is uh, really good with Archicad. And then it's a matter to really try to basically promote it. I mean, sometimes can be in the past. I believe in the past, we, I mean, I believe, No, I, I'm, I'm sure that in the past we have lost projects because of that, but I think we're doing the right thing. And in some projects, it really made us be uh, successful because once more, you know, once the other stakeholders and, and the contractors are comfortable with it, the client starts to, you know, uh, be more comfortable as well, seeing that, okay, everyone is in the same point, in the same conversation. And then once... People get used to, you know, work with with IFC and, 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 and other, you know, and implement these, these mechanisms and have a beam execution plan, have a common agreement, then it's uh, fantastic. I think that it has been also for them, you know, people that you know, maybe were more, uh, how to say, they wouldn't believe it. They were more reluctant. It has been very really good. And in our case, it has also been very, very useful. The fact that in particular, ARCHICAD is has a very quick and fast and easy way to IFC, let's say that it's made in a way that it's super easy to, to exchange your data and make it proper and make it reliable and being able for you to make it, you know, mm-hmm. as good as possible. So sometimes, you know, in, in some projects, the fact that we could export IFC in an incredible fast, you know, I would say like daily basis, nonstop for the consultants, it was, it was really, it was really crucial.
0: Cool. Uh, so there are more things uh, popping into my mind right now. So even uh, if OpenBeam and uh, IFC is not so popular there, you are enforcing IFC up on your clients. But how do you ensure that, for example, if you work with other parties that are using Revit, there is no loss of data because that can be an issue, right? Because if you, the fact that they should be able to harness all the data that you create, right? Does that convert, like, does that go... Only true via IFC or are there any like is there any interoperability between ArchiCad and Revit directly?
1: Yeah, there is direct interoperability, but you know, ArchiCad can directly save save us Revit. You can. But the model, yeah, but the model you get is basically big piece of geometry with certain data, which has a structure, but it is not a- agreed upon anything, you know, like Open is not only about IFC, but it's a a model, but it's also that the data is common. That's, that's the main point, right? So that, that is a weak way out for certain things, but even Revit users find that they cannot do much with that. You know, they, they just need, anyway, the principle of Open is that eventually they need to take what I do as a reference and do their own part. That is already a barrier. But apart from that direct shortcut, which I think is, I mean, it's not really, let's say. I mean, it, it's, it's not going to solve any any problem that IFC cannot solve. These really are two scenarios. The scenario one is when we had, we sent IFCs, and of course, you could tell as the project evolves that there has been an incredible loss of data. But then you realize that, well, the whole process before construction starts, as long as the very, very, very basic data goes through, you don't need much. What I mean is that for coordination, as long as the, Everything has, let's say, the right IFC type. Basically, a column is a column, cladding, things like that. As long as the basics are there, you can do almost all the coordination up to a very uh, detailed stage. Because it's about identifying what is everything. Physical clashes, then non-physical clashes, then start to understand uh, interfaces and things like that. You don't need much for that. The moment you want to take an IFC and do quantification, okay, that's a different story. Okay. But even there, you can do a lot of things. Everything is has just the right identification in terms of what it is, you know, a lot of things can dance to that scenario. And then there's another scenario where you collaborate with companies and then say, ah, the architects use Beam. Well, we are the super mega hyper Beam experts of the planet. We are much better than the architects. And then this usually they make an effort and they really, really, it's very positive. And then the, the exchange of data is is very good let's say that they do their homework and then there's a real conversation i'm not saying that we do everything perfect but then there's a conversation where they say okay mr architect i would prefer if we do this in this way let's data in this manner let's set up these processes and uh, you know that's like fantastic but that's very very rare
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah actually you are right because i made a mistake because i think the bigger challenge could be if you would work with other architects who are using revit uh, because in that case, if if it's just uh, the structural engineers and MEP engineers, then they just can use your IFC models as a reference. They don't need to remodel. They don't need to do anything, right? So as long as you don't need that data to share it with other architects, it's fine. It should not be a problem. Are are you using IFC 2x3 or IFC 4?
1: Mostly 2x3, but we, as I, as I said, we try to always arrive and saying. You know it's ifc4 this is how we do it this is anyway all the setup and then there's usually that uh, you know a uh, second conversation of ah uh, you know why do we try to use two times three Since you know and then often we have to to let's say to change the skin change, change the version of the of the se basically and then working that way but it's because as i said i mean in my experience even the two times three as long as you have the basics well there is there is a lot of things that that can be done actually this is one of the things i remember when when we spoke about the interview at the beginning I, I think for me the message is that Beam is not only for mega experts it's not that complicated just get the basics right you already can do a lot of things and it gives you freedom to then say we collaborate with all the possibilities that technology offer with anyone don't, so that's why sometimes, you know, on these uh, beam forums and, 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 and LinkedIn, I love to get into the details and the schemas and blah, blah, blah. But there's a moment it's like, guys, just just get it done. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm a designer, right? I also want to have the freedom to just design quickly, get a few basics on my templates, things that I know that are going to go smoothly towards anyone and work like that. Because otherwise, if we keep making beam something that is only for experts, then the industry says, ah, oh, we don't need beam. we're just working CAD. And man, that's that that's when everything dies. It's like why to invest in technology at all, right? I mean, in some countries beam is the past, like we move past that, in some is the present, and in some is like, we'll do a beam, no, we don't need it. So it's not yeah, anyway, it's not only for super experts.
0: Yes, yes but sometimes you know i understand it's important uh, for people to embrace the new the new standard which is yeah ifc 2x3 is not so new that's one thing you know and the the main reason for promoting ifc4 is because yeah it's the newer version you have you have more flexibility but at the same time if it's a challenge and if you think it's too complicated yeah just start with 2x3 and then you will learn how to go for four as well because sometimes most of the time i experience that uh, consultants are very comfortable with 2x3 and they just don't want to invest time to see what do I lose if I go to IFC4, you know? So there is also that because it's also, I would say, I would argue a little investment of time and then you see, but there are also other limitations. If you don't have other limitations, like for example, if the client really required you 2x3 or if you use some platforms that cannot support IFC4, there are different situations, right? So yeah. That's a choice, but yeah, as long as you start using it, it, it's fine, but you come to a point now when we will get yeah more platform supporting IFC 4.3, then you get so much more improvement that you actually like, it does not really make any sense to keep using an older technology, right? Even if it will take you a few days to, to just make the upgrade to in learning, right? Uh, but uh, sometimes a reason can be like uh, I work on big, larger projects. Uh, these projects t- take between five and ten years to finish, right? Uh, like you you started the contract with uh, 2.3, uh, 2X3, then you need to finish it in that way, right? That can also be a case. But at the end of the day, I think like we, we should uh, look at this open-minded, of course. And it's important to try to implement it no matter what. But I'm wondering about something else uh, when it comes to ARCHICAD. ArchiCAD supports IFC4 also, right? Is there any uh, like complexity level added on top of IFC2 x three? Is it more complicated to export to IFC4 or it's not so much difference?
1: Uh, Not really. You need to understand a bit the schema a bit better, but it's basically, it gives you, for example, the first thing you realize that you have more options for mapping classifications. You know, in ArchiCAD you classify things. And then there is a mapping that actually is automatically already, it's already set up. So you just can use the standard templates and it's already mapped perfectly for the to the schema of types. And then if automatically when something has a type by default has the property sets and things like that. So you have basically more options to, to give more granularity to the to the definitions of things. It's not only covering or finish, it's more than that. It's like, you know, you're going to cladding, you're going to all the things that are more detailed. And also then the granularity of data, of course, give you more options It's not more complicated. It's like, it's like, if they give you the option to, to put more information, if you want, if you don't want, you ignore it. But in that sense, as I said, these, these translators that ArchiCAD has are great because they are set up there and then you just need to work with it. It's really, it's really, really easy. And, and in that sense, I also want to add, I mean, apart from the, the open beam itself as a technology. I want to make, you know, how to say, mention that it's not only about the, the technology itself. I mean, Beam doesn't finish in, in Beam, right? We use, you are asking which tools we use. We use ArchiCAD as a Beam tool, but we use uh, we use Solibri because sometimes we really need to have a, a really great responsibility and the coordination. But we use tools that have nothing to do that make our projects better. For example, Rhinoceros and Grasshopper to make really challenging designs. And in that sense, ArchiCAD becomes like the vehicle. Okay. So... We can do really cool stuff in design, but instead of just leave it there and have someone to rebuild it, you bring that into ArchiCAD through live connections that it has. And then everything that you design can have like a shortcut to OpenBIM, which then becomes available for, you know, someone that is doing, I don't know, facility management, for example, which have happened before. I mean, in our case, they're already involved and they they can use that data. So again, for me, it's it's like a shortcut, right? It connects stages and it allows you to go from really your design ideas to everyone else and i think that's a really really important thing you know not only for bim but the whole process the whole uh, spectrum of technologies that we can use which are are available and are uh, amazing mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah makes sense now uh from your point of view is there anything else that you feel that is important you wanted to cover that we did not touch through my questions you No, know, i
1: think the question is really about Again, my my problem is, of course, the way that, you know, the location I'm working, uh, you know, you could see the difference, right? You're talking about your challenges going from IFC two times three to IFC four. For me, knowing that a consultant is able to work in IFC at any level is already a great victory. So, of course, it's important for me that to make it clear, right? Because sometimes I wish we could work, you know, uh, in, in a more developed setup. But um, I think that I don't know topics that that uh, we could have been have been leaving behind.
0: You said that you are using Solibri, right? What if the other parties are not like the structural engineer and MEP guys are using other tools? Then don't you use Navisworks too or other tool like Common Data Environment maybe for clash control or? Yeah, it
1: happens that most of the cases, this uh, type of process is, is carried on by all the party, that is not us. In our case, we happened that sometimes we really had the responsibility. I don't know. I think the client wanted us to really, really, let's say have a, how, how, how do you say like a, I don't know, a second opinion, but make sure that our design was, was class free from our side, which is something you can only warranty when you really say, okay, if you want me to do that, I need all the consultants to allow me to check what's happening. So that's when we, all, we already jump into Solibri. But of course then uh, we need to work in IFC and, and, and when that happens, we tell the we tell the client, we say, Look, we can do it. If the consultants are willing to work in OpenBIM. that's what we can do.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. What about BIM mandates in uh, Southeast Asia? Are there any countries that you feel that uh, have adopted any BIM mandates at a national level? Yeah,
1: for example, Hong Kong and Singapore have very developed BIM mandates. Actually, Singapore has a very developed system in place for the government to accept submissions using BIM. They accept Revit, ArchiCAD, I think also Tecla, but they, they accept proprietary format because it helps in many things. But they also mandate the submission digital, what they call the digital delivery in, in Open BIM, And they have a really great set of rules and standards in place. In Hong Kong, the government is pushing for it. Although I think the private industry is still really, really, uh, as I said, hard to move into something that is not worth it, which again, is it's a pity. But still, you know, there's really, really great cases. And that's that's really interesting. Yeah, apart from Hong Kong and Singapore, I think that the best, most developed countries, the standards and the way they, they implement and promote BIM and open beam. In Japan, it's very interesting. It's a country, in that sense think things, Reminds me to Germany in the sense that even if the government doesn't have really, really strong as near the country's standards for the use of BIM, the users have adopted BIM for a very long time and they have really great expertise uh, at different levels. So I would say that the user is the one pushing the the agenda, which is great. and then as I was saying from Graphisoft, you know, working on the region, I had to involve our partners in Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines it's very interesting to see at the end the governments they are starting to do you know very little you know little by little some some very basic mandates the universities are starting to to teach the students because they realize that it's really important and then it's when you see in every country really fantastic case studies you know of, of really being champions in the case of philippines really great companies in, in vietnam Vietnam has really great companies that are these famous BPOs that they develop. They are like the main power for countries like uh, Australia. So you have really, really great uh, cases. So in every country, things are happening, and, and, and I, I think it's really interesting to get involved and see the challenges in, in each country, right? Because in these countries, when people really go to adopt this technology, you know that is not cheap. They really make use of it. It's not for how you say look good and be involved in. in versus the other they really need to make it profitable so you can really see you see great case studies there It's is really weird
0: really yeah do you have any advice for anyone using archicad but not using openbeam not exporting to ifc do you have any advice if they would like to start on this path how to make it as easy as possible yeah well
1: i mean graphisoft has a, a really great set of training in how to use the the openbeam translators and, and tools that it has so i think that is really easy to, for anyone using archica that at any level they have any requirement to use openbeam but also they want maybe to be able to achieve work with uh, you know all the projects where they were left out because and maybe they were not using the tool that it was supposed to be i mean they, they were requiring i think that push for it push for open Beam and remind everyone involved in the conversation that uh, is is the way we need to move forward i think it's they're in a great position because usually usually what happens is that and it's very fun those that need more help when you want to really let's say create a smooth workflow using bim the funny enough is is those using uh, autodesk solutions are those with more problems to work with open bim i mean in terms of limitations and you know not that big flexibility users that are using any other beam solution they they i don't know i see they have really i would say they're better uh, equipped you know with tools in that sense autodesk i think has a really big subject <laughs> still to improve those things but there are ways to navigate around it and actually you can have a really it, it can be even a nice uh story for all the project when you engage with it engineers and then they start to try new things and then they find ways to collaborate and then they realize, ah wow, we can really overcome the difficulties, we can make it smoother. Just as an anecdote, I remember in a project in in Middle East, it was really in a crazy, uh, how to say, super fast pace. I remember I I was working with with, uh, one of my, two of my colleagues inside the engineer's office for two months because there was no time. It was a project that was supposed to last nine months before start construction in three months the contractors were already bidding and the client wanted to work in bim and they said look it's impossible to do the design and do it in bim and we said look we do our design in bim from the beginning right so far us, it's not a problem and i was sending ifcs i think sometimes i had the the archicad running exporting ifcs like i know every two hours and the engineers the head of the years, they were they were really coming to my desk and say dude you're you're crazy man i mean it takes us three or four hours to bring any of your ifcs into into and I said, look Let's break it down. Let's make a strategy. So I bring typical floors and bring these parts. I sit down with the big manager. We make it work. It was now 30 minutes to import, blah, blah, blah. And it was like there was always someone in the team. And in my case, it was me. My computer I was designing in the project. And in the other instance of Archicad, inside the same computer, I was just exporting. And we had like a continuous loop of them. We put the IFC in place. We're doing, we're sending it to Navisworks. We're doing clashes. And we're opening your IFC that you export one hour ago. So it was it was a really like full cycle, and 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 it it really it was really amazing how they really improved from saying it's not gonna work to say it's working. And we're really happy that now we have this capability. We can work in IFC in a much faster way than we ever thought. And it's making you know we can navigate through the model in front of the client on the screen, having the most updated information, and, and in a project that is going crazy speed. So you can really achieve incredible milestones when, when you implement, you know, the right way to work and in our industry, I think it's the, OpenMIM open is one of the musts without any doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. You'd be surprised. Many would be surprised there yeah, by this. Do you have a message for anyone watching or listening to this?
1: Yes. We need to choose the tools we use, not because somebody else used them, not because they are the most common, but because it's the best for us. One of the reasons why our industry is one of the less efficient, the less sustainable is because we are super lazy implementing technology. Really, really lazy. We're always fighting against each other. And nowadays, it's through technology the only way we're really going to get something done. So if we live in a, in, a, in now, this technology has like, I don't know, ARCHICAD was released more than 40 years ago, okay? We should really throw away CAD at all levels. I'm sorry, but in that sense, you know, you cannot keep using. I mean, nowadays nobody considers having, you know, light your house with light bulbs and, you know, use still fire just in case because you know light bulbs are not completely reliable. We'll have candles, of course, but you just don't go at home and say, "Hey, turn on the candles just in case electricity doesn't work." No, once you move into technology, you need to really go through with it, and you need to really embrace embrace the risk. And our, our industry is not really embracing the risk. It's not really investing in research. And we're not truly try high enough. I mean, strong enough. We have a responsibility and it's not about having an additional value. If you're, as we were saying, I think BIM is starting, starting slowly to become the past. AI is going to bring something that is going to disrupt everything. But if we cannot have our projects built virtually before they're built physically, there's not much to do. I mean, we're really doing our homework.
0: Mm. A strong message.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a, more than encourage people. I, I like to tell people, "Sorry, man, you, you you are late. We need to we need to speed up." I mean, uh, we are late. We are late. We have we have something to do. Come on.
0: Yeah, I like that. How can people reach out to you if they would like to send you a message, or I don't know?
1: Through LinkedIn, I'm always uh, active and uh, always uh, trying to learn as much as I can from uh, channels like the Beam Voice, uh, Dion Malt, and, and and all the big experts there. So yeah, LinkedIn, my email, I can also share with you and, and maybe you can make it available through some website. We also can communicate through that, through there. Always happy to happy to talk,
0: happy to share. Awesome, you. Thank you very much for this chat. I really enjoyed it. It was cool to learn some new things from somebody using Archicad and from that part of the world where I don't know too much about, uh, regarding Veeam, at least.
1: You should come and visit, man. Just come and visit Hong Kong. Swear around is beautiful.
0: I should. I never visited South Asia, but but I have some countries on my ah, list. On. Not Hong Kong, but I don't know. Maybe now you you'll get it closer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about Malaysia and uh, Vietnam and uh, Thailand and so on. But maybe a tour for uh, for more countries. Well,
1: I said Hong Kong because you'll have to stop over somehow. But come on, Southeast Asia is beautiful, man. You you gonna you gonna come here? You want or not? So just uh,
0: let me know. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Thank you very much, we stay in touch. Thank you, thank you, Pedro, thank you very much.